And the Word is alive, and we're looking at one verse, the verse we just sung this song about. And so hopefully that's kind of in our heads this morning. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. And so we're going to be looking at this, uh, what it means that the, God, the, the, the Bible is alive. And, and sometimes um, my wife will say this, uh, this phrase, she says, number five is alive, or Johnny Five is alive. Are you, are you guys familiar with Short Circuit, the movie? Matt laughs. <laughs> okay, not, not a lot of chuckles here. I actually haven't seen the movie, but there's a little, it's not a clip, it's just a, a picture of it in case you need some familiarity with this. It's this robot that gets, uh, that gets lightning uh, struck, struck by lightning and, and it becomes alive. Um, maybe I'm butchering the movie, I don't know, but... Anyways, Johnny Five is alive, and everybody's excited about this. Like, oh, this, this this robot's alive. Well, well, more than this robot is alive. That, that, that's probably a pretty cool thing. But the Word of God is alive. What we have right in front of us that we have a lot of us have this at home, and we have several copies of this at home. And maybe some of them are getting dusty and wore out, and Actually, not wore out. Maybe they're getting not used. Maybe, hopefully, they're actually getting wore out because we're using them, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Let's, uh, so, so we're going to be looking at that today. The Word is alive. And I just want to refresh our memory from last week. We went through something last week called Acts. And it's a, a prayer model that I believe uh, that can be very helpful if you're not sure how to pray or what to do. Um, how to how to kind of dive into prayer, and we have that on the screen too. And that goes for the stands for adoration, and then confession, and thanksgiving, and supplication. And so, and those those are that's not I didn't, last week. I wasn't saying that's the right way to pray. I know some people, some religions, they try to find the right prayer. If you want the right prayer, then use the prayer that Jesus taught in Matthew six. Um, but even then, if you're just repeating the words, I don't think that's what Jesus was trying to say either. Uh, so there's kind of like two main ways that we can grow in our relationship with God through prayer and through reading the Bible. Now, of course, there's another way of meeting together and strengthening our faith and opening the Bible and praying together. Uh, but praying and reading the Bible are kind of like our foundational things that what we can do to help us learn and grow in our relationship with the Lord. And so that's last week and this week. just wanted to focus on those two things is how important it is to be prayerful and how important it is to be in the Word of God, reading the Scriptures. And so we're going to be looking at, at Hebrews 4.12 today. Just one verse. Oh, there's some other verses. But it starts with this. For the Word of God is alive. Now some translations say living Whichever translation you have, it's a, the Bible, the Word of God is alive or the Word of God is living. Now, Jaden might ask the question, how can a book be alive? Did you think about that? All right, maybe Emily, might, Emily or, or one of the high schoolers might think that too. Actually, what if we all think that? How can... How can this be alive? It doesn't look like it's alive. Does it get struck by lightning like the robot and become alive? No, it's something even 
more profound than that. It is that it's not just that these words are alive, it's that the God that spoke these words, the God that inspired every part of the Bible, He is alive. And we, can, we are in relationship, if you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, or if you haven't, first of all, you should, <laughs> but that's not me speaking, that's, that's God's invitation to, to accept Him. But even if you haven't, He can speak to us through His Word. And that's how a lot of us come to know Jesus, is because we understand that He speaks through His Word. And, and so, you know, where, do, where does it talk about the Word of God? Now, in, in the, the Gospel of John, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of the Gospels, they all start in their own ways. But John starts out with saying, in the beginning, just like in Genesis, but he says, was the Word. And notice the, the W is capitalized, and that's not just a random capital letter there. The Word is talking about Jesus, the, the Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God and is God. And verse 2, it says, He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were, were made, and with, without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him, in Jesus, was life. And I'm going to say, is life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So, so Jesus is the Word. So the Word of God is alive because it is Jesus that's speaking it out. In, in verse 14 here, in the next, in the still in John 1, it says, And the Word, so Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, or He lived with us. This is the story of Jesus coming to earth. And then it says, and we have seen his glory. This is John, the disciple, saying, We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, Jesus, the Son of God, is the Word. Jesus is the Word. Now, maybe that doesn't make a whole lot of sense that Jesus is this Word, but Jesus, his message is what the Bible is, it's all about. And so our first point today is that the Word of God is alive. <laughs> the Word of God is living. The Word of God is alive. In, in 1 Peter 1, 3, uh, 1.23, it says, You have been born of God and through the living endured, enduring the Word of God. So we were, as Christians, we are born of God and we endure through the Word of God. That is Jesus in um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, this is, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. So every Scripture in this Bible that we have is breathed out of the very mouth of God. He inspired each of these words to be here so we could read them. Now, and, and the Word of God, it, it is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. So all those things, the Word of God is very useful. It is alive, and it can be used for these things. And, and, and it says, so that the man of God, or the person of God, may be thoroughly equipped 
for every good work. So the Word of God is alive. And it's alive. God is alive, breathing His Word so we can understand His heart and we can understand more of Him. And then we can show the world who Jesus is. Equipped, and we're equipped for every good work. So first we see that the Word of God is alive. And then, we, and then back to Hebrews 4.12, just two more words. It says, for the Word of God is alive and active. Now, active, I don't know what that looks like in your house. Maybe Dwayne and Mary will have some experience with the grandkids. And a lot of us with kids. What does it look like to be active? Well, I know in my house... <laughs> It's very active because there's a lot of kids, a lot of little kids. And they're, I mean, even, the, even our Annie, that's one and a half, I mean, she is very active. She's all over the place doing all kinds of things. Now, is that what, is that what we're talking about here? Is that what the author of, of Romans is saying? The Word of God is alive and active, getting all over the place, doing all kinds of things? Yes and no. I mean, maybe not the same as a one and a half year old. <laughs> but yes, the Word of God is active. And that's our second point today. The Word of God is active. And what does active mean? It, other translations of the Bible, when they, when they translate this word, the Word of God is living and, or alive and something, they're saying it's effective, it's working, it's productive, it's powerful, it's efficient. I mean, so think about that. So God's Word Who God is, what He's doing, He's alive, and He's breathing out His his message to us for us to understand Him, but then also it's active. It's doing things. But it's not just like a little bit of something like my my little kids are running around watching at home, by the way. But they are, but but God's Word is active. It's powerful. It is doing things. It's working. It's being productive. It's efficient. So what are those things that, that it's doing? It, um, in Jeremiah, the Lord declares it in verse, uh, Jeremiah 23, verse 29, it says that the Lord declares His Word like a fire. So He, he gives us this illustration that His, my Word is like fire, and then He says it's like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. So it's like doing things. It's powerful. God's Word is active and it's going and doing things. And it's, I shouldn't say it because it's Him. God is active. His, what He says is going to happen. It's powerful. It's efficient. It's active. And then we're going to see in the rest of this verse here in, in Hebrews 4, it says that not only is the, the Word of God alive and the Word of God is active, active, but then it describes what it's doing, what God does. And the rest of the verse says, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the word of God is sharp, super sharp. Now, I couldn't just put that as our third point, sharp. Because we have the first two is alive, and the second one is active. We can't just be like sharp. So another word that means sharp, it starts with an A, is acute. Right? Do you guys know that word? Acute? So the Word of God is acute. Now, now 
I'm not saying the Word of God is a cute something. Like, a, yeah, there's, there's some cute babies and cute puppies, and there's cute things, but a cute is different than that. In fact, it's, it's really cute when our little baby says puppy, because she says it now, even though we've been teaching her Spanish, but she still likes to say it in English. And she says, puppy, puppy. A lot cuter from her than from me, but a cute baby saying a cute word, like a cute thing, like puppy, that's pretty cute, but it's actually not acute. The word acute means sharp. It means severe, intense, extreme, crucial, critical, and it's like the opposite of chronic. Like if it's a disease, an acute uh, pain is brief and severe. It's not like chronic, ongoing. Uh, It is penetrating. It is, um, so you could, you could have like a, you could be like an acute observer. It says, I'm looking at the dec- dictionary definition because I don't actually know much about the word acute other than if I've heard it a little bit in medical terms and things. But it, there's a, yeah, you can have acute pain, acute sorrow. You could have acute eyesight. Um, so there's different ways to look at the word acute. And the message translation of this doesn't talk about acute, but it says that God's that God means what He says, and what He says goes. His powerful word is sharp, is as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, or laying us open and to listen and obey. So it's like this scalpel, this sharp, sharp thing. And back in what most translations say, other than, I mean, the message is a paraphrase, but most translations say it's a double-edged sword or a two-edged sword. Now, this isn't a real sword. This is a toy one I found in the MYF room. (laughs) Not sure why it was there, (laughs) but it was there. (laughs) I think it should be with the kids... Maybe it's for, I don't know, maybe it's for the Christmas things or something. I'm not sure. Anyways, this double-edged sword, it's a two-edged sword. And how often swords are used are out of offense, right? I mean, they can be defensive, but they're out of offense. So think of a, think especially when Jesus is, in Jesus' day, and even to the people hearing Romans, sorry, reading Hebrews for the first time, they're hearing and they're knowing about these Roman soldiers, right? And they know these Roman soldiers are pretty loaded. And they're loaded with the most powerful weapon that they had in the day. I think this was the most powerful weapon that someone could have uh, other than some kind of uh, big, huge thing or something. But uh, what someone had, an offensive weapon, is a double-edged sword. And so that's, that's what the author of Hebrews, which, by the way, we don't know who the author of Hebrews is. Some people say Paul, but we really don't know. So that's why I keep saying the author of Hebrews. But the author of Hebrews says, it compares the Word of God to a sharp, double-edged sword. A very, not, just, not, just a, not just a sword, but a double-edged. It's, and it can, it's piercing. It can get right to where it... it there's nothing that's hidden. In fact, in the next verse of Hebrews 4, it talks about how nothing is hidden from God. 
Because God can see everything. And so if we're trying, if we're trying to hide things from God, sorry, he, his word, it's like a double-edged sword. It's, it's sharp and it's powerful and it's effective. What he, what he is going to see every part of us. And he's going to know what's really a, a, between a thought and an intention. He's going to divide between soul and spirit. He can do whatever he wants. There's nothing we can hide from God. And there's nothing that his word in him, Jesus, is not going to know. So I know sometimes we try to hide our thoughts or hide something from God. And that just doesn't work. Because his word is sharp. It's acute. It's powerful. It is. It's really sharp. And, and we know that when Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church, he talked about a double-edged sword. What, 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 was, what was his context? you guys remember? In Ephesians 6, what was he talking about? A sword? Sword of the Spirit? Yeah. He was talking about how people that are believers need to, be, need to have a defense from the attacks of the evil one. And so he gave all these, these, this imagery of how we can have the armor of God. And he says, one of them is the sword of the Spirit. And then he says, that is the Word of God. So the Word of God is like a sword. And then it says also, describing Jesus in Revelation, it says this, in Revelation 1.16, it says, actually I'll read, I'll read more than just 16. So in Revelation 1, 12 to about 16, it says this. John, John is describing a vision he saw, and he says, I turned around to see the voice who was speaking to me. And when I turned and I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. So that's like that's Jesus. And dressed in a noble, reaching, like a noble, reaching down to feet and with a golden sash around his chest. So he looked dressed like a king. Okay? And then it says, the hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, and his feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand, that's like the powerful hand. Sorry, left-handed people. <clears throat> but that's, that's in the Bible when it talks about right hand. It's like the powerful side, the more important side. Uh, in his right hand, he held seven stars and, and coming out of his mouth. Now, this is an interesting imagery. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. So this is Jesus. Jesus, in his glory, is showing us like, he is this king, the king of all kings, that he is radiant and glorious, and he has power. But he also has his word is like this double-edged sword that is sharp and powerful and effective. So our third point today is, I already said, I think, is that the Word of God is acute. 
And so we have the Word of God is alive, the Word of God is active, and the Word of God is acute. And our main idea today is that God communicates with us through His living Word. God communicates with us through His living Word. If we want to know more of Him, if we want to know what He says, let's open the Bible. Let's ask Him, Lord, show me. Show me what you want me to understand. Give me the words of life. Show me how I can be a servant for you and help me to live today like however you want me to. What, is, what do I need to learn today? Now, if you have a Bible plan, that's great. Go through your Bible plan. If you're not sure what to read, I would encourage you to, to either find a devotional or find um, some, somebody to go through some scripture with you or pick a book of the Bible and just start reading through it. Uh, it and the main idea, I think, in reading the Bible isn't to try to read and read and read a whole bunch, but it's more like to read and ask God about it and read and let God communicate to us. You know, the Bible is not a textbook to just get a whole bunch of information. I and mean, when you're in college or high school or even grade school, you're, you're reading these books and you're trying to get a whole bunch of information, but it's not just so you know the information. The Bible is more than, it's not just a textbook to just to know the information. It, I mean, yes, the Bible club or Bible quizzing is really good, like that we have over at Dewey that Emily Hood's in. That's really good to know the Bible. We want to know the Bible, but we don't want to just know the Bible and then do whatever we want. We want to know the Bible and let it penetrate us. We want to let God in all the way and change us, convict us of sin, show us how to live for him. The Bible, sometimes we feel guilty because oh, I haven't read the Bible very much recently or I haven't read the Bible in a month or, or I don't know, oh, I know I should read the Bible. I'm just, it's just so boring. Oh, Leviticus, how do I read this? Or what, you know, how do I, it's just, ah, oh. right? But the living God communicates through his living word to us. And so I want to encourage you today, we're going to be looking at something called SOAP. And it, it is a way, and I'm not trying to say this is the right way to read the Bible, <laughs> to, to read a scripture, okay, on the law of the Lord, day and night. That person is like a tree that's planted by streams of water. And what are the streams of water? The streams of water are Jesus. He gives us the life that we need and not just the life that we need, but the, the life that he created us to be. He gives that to us, but we need to be getting the stream of water to us and meditating on his truth and his word day and night. So I want to encourage, and that sounds like, a, that sounds like exhausting maybe, but if you go to a tree that's right by the river, they don't look exhausted, they look like they're flourishing and they're healthy, right? You go look at a tree, there's not many trees in a desert. But a tree that's right by the water has everything it needs. And just like us, if, we are, if you believe in Jesus and you've trusted Jesus with your life, let's be planted by the stream of water to trust in Him and receive His nourishment and abide in His love. 
So let's, let's pray. Lord, I pray that we can be planted by your stream of water, that we could trust in you and receive your life through your word. Thank you, God, that your word is living and active and it is sharp. And God, that we can't hide anything from you. So God, I just pray that we would be people that trust you, abide in you, and dive into your word and to know your heart. God, I just pray that we would be seeking you and we'd be people that, that people would look around and say, why are these people so different? They're so different. And they, people start finding that we're so different because we trust in you and we have our life in you. And so, God, I pray if there's, there's someone that's not sure if they can open their Bible right now or they're not sure what to pray or not sure what to read, God, I just pray that you would, you would speak to them right now and speak through your word to each of us right now. Pray against any distractions. I pray against any other thoughts or other things that we're maybe thinking about for the rest of this day or other things. God, I just pray that we'd be able to just listen and focus on what you want us to know right now in these next few moments. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to listen.